good to see every one of you here today. We had a good time this afternoon eating out with um, uh, Larry and Kay Matson, and I found out that they are the uh, father-in-law of the pastor, father and mother-in-law of the pastor. Uh, the little kids, pastor's kids, were saying grandpa when Larry and Kay walked in, and I thought, well, that's precious that the pastor's kids can call this elderly couple uh, grandparents, and uh, so I commented later to Larry, it's, it's nice that they can say that to you. And then he said, they are my real grandkids. <laughs> so that's good. And I looked, to my, I looked at my wife and I said, did you know that? And she said, yeah, I sure did. <laughs> okay. Open your Bibles, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 25. <clears throat> it's one of the longest verses in the Bible, but very important. First Thessalonians 5.25, brethren, pray for us. Have you ever wondered sometimes how to pray for your missionaries when you have not received their prayer letter? or you haven't received their prayer letter for three or four weeks and you're just wondering what's going on with them. Well, let me share with you tonight uh, 12 different prayer requests that you can mention for your missionaries even when you have not received their prayer letter. Tonight we're going to have a lot of interaction. So I'm gonna have 12 different passages and uh, I don't want anybody to be shy here tonight, okay? I'm going to ask somebody to raise their hand and read this, this passage, and you just go ahead and raise your hand, and you can read that passage, men or women, doesn't matter. And then I also want to ask four people to pray, and as we read uh, a first series of three passages, I'm going to have somebody writing down the prayer request, and at the end of the, each of the three uh, passages, I'll have that person pray for us for the missionaries. So, who would like to pray first? Just a quick volunteer. Could be a deacon, layman. Yes, sir. And that's Larry. And Larry, you can, if you can have a pen and pen, pen and paper ready to write down the first uh, three requests, and then uh, I could have somebody read Jeremiah twenty nine seven. We can all go there, but I would like someone to read that for us. Who would like to read Jeremiah twenty nine seven? Yes. Uh, Dan. <clears throat> All right, let's go to Jeremiah 29.7. And you can feel, to, feel free to read that, Dan, when you have it. That is correct, yep. All right, thank you. The first request that we have for tonight is to pray for the authorities and for the peace of the country in which the missionaries serve. There are many verses in the Bible that talk about this. You can go to 2 Timothy as well, and it is commanded very clearly to us to pray for our authorities. And here we start with the idea of peace. Trujillo, the city where we belong in the past few years has been a city in which we have a lot of extortion. A few, a couple, three years ago, a man came to our church and 
I greeted him, was delighted to have him as a visitor, and he gave me some vague answers to the questions I had for him. About all I could get out from him was that he uh, lived in Lima and that he distributed Gideon Bibles, but that's about all he would share with me. The next Sunday he came to our church again, and so I again chatted with him. I wanted to get to know him and see how we could serve him. And after the service, he pulled me aside to a back room and said, uh, Pastor, I'm actually an undercover detective, and uh, distributing Gideon Bibles is my guys. And I'm actually here with the police force, and we're investigating extortionism here in Trujillo. Uh, very interesting, he said, don't tell anybody, okay. And so the third son, he came to me and said, Pastor, we are wrapping up our investigation, and uh, we'll be involved in a sting here pretty soon, and then you won't see him anymore. Sure enough, I think it was maximum the fourth Sunday, and after that, I, I didn't see him anymore. And so it's for the, on the one hand, it's, it's good that we have a believer who's working as a policeman undercover, came up from the capital city and did the sting there. And on the other side, you, you're concerned about extortionism and gangs in Peru. I sold my pickup um, to a pastor friend of mine. I'd had this pickup for 25 years or so. And this pastor friend of mine knew that I really loved that pickup. And so he treated it as if it were my baby, and he was treating it as if it were his baby on my behalf. Um, he had it only a few months. He left on the street, and he came out of a court building to go back to his pickup, and uh, it was stolen. And so he, he wrote to me, and so apologetic, I, I lost your car. <laughs> it's your car, brother, it's okay. Uh, you paid for it, it's your money, so. Things like that happen. Uh, thankfully on our street we have two guards day and night and we have a security pole now at the corner connected to the neighborhood watch, we call it Serenazgo. So we have fairly good surveillance on our street for which we're thankful. But thievery and robbery is a constant item on the minds of those who serve in other countries. And my brother David is here. He's sitting in the Baptist Missions Row with uh, Pastor Hogue who's on the board of BMM, my brother David, BMM and his wife Candy. And, they can tell you stories as well. So the first request tonight is for the authorities and the peace in the country in which we serve. Let's go to Matthew 6, 11. Could we have another person pray for this, please? Matthew 6, 11. Yes, Todd. Go ahead when you're ready. Thank you. Give us this day our daily bread. Missionaries depend upon the giving of people for their sustenance, and sometimes the support that missionaries give is not always stable. Uh, individual donors may pass away or may discontinue supporting. Uh, sometimes churches will not be able to continue their support. We've had a couple of churches drop us because they've gotten a new pastor that was King James only, and we're not King James only, and so then they discontinue their support for us. Uh, in the last few years, we had a couple of churches start building projects, and just as they started building projects, then they also had some internal problems. People left, and then financially they were strapped. And so one of the things they had to do is cut the missionary's budget, cut the missionary budget, and the missionaries would no longer receive the funds. Well, in those situations, missionaries are, also, are always looking to God for his sustenance. And as we saw this morning in Philippians chapter 4, God provides. And missionaries learn to abound, uh, be content when they abound, and they are content when they don't abound, too. But we need to pray constantly for the daily bread of, of the missionaries. 
Incidentally, in the case of those two churches that dropped us, and at the same time, an individual supporter that was giving us a substantial amount halved his support because he had to retire. And God provided in different, in different ways, and he actually provided more support than we had with these other three donors. And so God is always true to us, but we must pray for the sustenance of the missionaries. So the second request is for the sustenance. Number three, let's go to Matthew 6, 13, right here in the same passage. Could somebody else read verse 13 for us? Just go ahead and read out, that's fine. Yes, sir. Some verses um, say, deliver us from the evil one. Some say, from evil. Uh, you can look at it either way. You can look at it as evil in general, or you can look at it as evil, the evil one, uh, particularly Satan. And so whether you're praying that God would deliver us from Satan or that God would deliver us from evil sin in general, we do need to pray that God would keep the missionaries holy. Now, I know missionaries are not perfect, and they sin in various ways. But the key here is that God would keep them from any disqualifying sin. And too often, we have known of missionaries who have had disqualifying sin in their lives. I've known a missionary, and I've heard of others who, because of homosexuality, have been called back home. Uh, just recently, in the last few years, we had to call another missionary home because um, of the wives not being conducting herself in an appropriate way. We've had pastors in Peru that have gone, gotten into certain levels of adultery. And I personally have been involved in three cases with three different pastors trying to restore them and handle those situations. It's always a hard time. It's hard for them. It's hard for the church. It's hard for you as someone who's trying to mediate the situation and trying to restore people. It wastes time. It wastes energy that could be invested in positive ways for the Lord's work. So we are constantly praying that God would protect uh, the missionary, that the missionary himself would guard his heart above all so that he doesn't fall to temptation. So we're going to pray then tonight also uh, for the deliverance from evil. So Brother Larry, if you could pray for these three requests, the authorities and peace, sustenance, and also deliverance from evil.
Amen. Could I have somebody else uh, pray also for the next three requests that we will be looking at? Otherwise, I'll just have Pastor assign somebody. <laughs> Pastor himself is going to pray, okay? So let's go to Matthew 9, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. <clears throat> 
And could you have somebody else read this passage, please? Matthew 9:35. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, Stella. Thank you. We are constantly needing more laborers, and the Lord Jesus Christ asks us to pray for more laborers. And it's, it's not a, you know, perhaps we might need some more people. The, the harvest is plentiful. We need more laborers. And as I mentioned this morning, we need laborers to cross the street, and we need laborers to cross the seas. Everybody can be involved. And I think maybe probably God is focusing, Jesus is focusing a little bit more on the fact that we need Maybe laborers to do full-time work in various locations in, the, in this world. Where we are in Peru, as we mentioned this morning, we have, by the blessing of God, many churches. And yet there are pockets, places, even around our city of Trujillo, that desperately need churches. And I'm just imagining in my mind right now all these locations where we could start new churches. But we just lack laborers. We lack Peruvian laborers. We lack missionary laborers as well. And across the board, missionaries are getting older and they're retiring. And we need people to replace the retiring missionaries in various locations. BMM has a new pastor. His name is Patrick Odell. I'm sure a lot of you have heard or know Patrick Odell personally. And he is now Dr. Odell. Patrick Odell is the new president. He has a habit and at 9.38, the alarm on his cell phone goes off, and 9.38 coincides with this passage, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest field. And I almost think it goes up at 9.38 in the evening as well. So morning and evening at 9.38, he's praying for laborers. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday morning, starting at 8 o'clock my time, 9 o'clock Eastern time, uh, the administrators on site get together in the conference room and the administrators which are off site gather via video conference with them. But regardless of where we are in our discussion, right at 9.38 his alarm goes off and we stop. We stop our discussions and we pray for more laborers. So Pastor, if you could write down more laborers. Another request, John 17.20. John 17.20 through 22, and could we have somebody else read this passage for us? Yes, sir, in the back. Mm -hmm. We need to pray for unity among missionaries and for unity among national pastors. Missionaries are just perfect. They just love each other to death, harmoniously, all the time. And you know that's not true. They're just like people, like you are here in America. And they have struggles sometimes with each other. Uh, there are struggles sometimes with the nationals as well. And I could just go down the list. I have a huge list of all these struggles 
but we don't need to, I don't need to share all of them with you, but I'll just give you an idea. We had a field in Ecuador. We had about seven, six different couples, and presently there is just one single for various reasons, some of them conflicts between the people. We've had the issue of Calvinism versus Armenianism in our country that has raised its ugly head and caused conflict. We've had a church that denies um, congregational voting or requires discipleship. We've had some leaders that are just too strong, and so that creates conflicts as well. There are personality clashes. So there are all kinds of issues, and we are constantly needing to exercise, say, Romans 14, and focus on righteousness and peace and joy so that we can have the right fellowship, the biblical fellowship with each other. So, Pastor, if you could also add to your list the unity among missionaries and national pastors. <clears throat> can we go to another passage? This is Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Acts 4, 29. Somebody else could read this, Acts 4.29. Mm -hmm. Thank you. The, the idea here is that we speak boldly the word of God. Uh, sometimes I, I take a taxi, sometimes I take a taxi deliberately so I can witness. Uh, taxis are very cheap in Peru. I can go downtown for two dollars, go two miles for two dollars, how's that? It's hardly worth taking out your car out of, the, out of the garage and going downtown and then paying the parking fee for your car. When I do go around to different locations, I take my car because I don't want to pay a parking fee wherever I go, so it's beneficial then. But um, I sit in the front seat of the taxi and I have about 10 to 15 minutes until my destination and in those 10, 15 minutes, I greet the taxi driver and say, how are you today? And he responds, and we get to chatting about his day and whatnot. And then pretty soon he might say, you're not from here, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. And that just opens the door wide, and I start telling him why I'm here. And I get maybe then five minutes to share the essence of the gospel with him. But there are some days in which I'm just tired. Maybe I'm just overpressured. I'm just worn out mentally or emotionally. And I don't get in the front seat of that taxi. I get in the back seat on purpose because I'm too tired to say anything to the taxi driver. And after I get out, you know, God kind of rebukes me and says, why don't you get in the front seat? <laughs> you need to witness to that guy. And so it challenges me. So I admit there are days in which I'm just not up to doing what I should be doing. So pray for the boldness of the missionaries. So we have three more requests for laborers, for unity, and the boldness to witness. Can you pray for us, Pastor?
Could we have another person pray for us for the next three requests? Okay, Pastor Garrett. Okay, <laughs> Pastor Norm, thank you. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. In Peru, I'd, I'd just tell my people, brother, could you pray for this and this? And they will, they gladly, but maybe I just don't know you or don't have enough confidence with you to ask you directly. But that's fine. Romans chapter 1, verse 10. Who would like to read this passage? Hmm? Yes, Candy. Okay, so Paul is wanting to to reach uh, a certain group of people. He's wanting to come to the Romans. And later on, at the end of Romans, we also find the need for safety as he is trying to get to these people. And definitely safety is a situation that missionaries, lack of safety is a situation that missionaries face often on the roads. Uh, there's always, in some, the fear of flying. It's, flying is probably the safest mode of transportation today. And then when they land, they have this issue about traveling on land in a, in a country where the rules just quite aren't like they are here in America. Just an illustration. So we're going down to camp a few years ago, and we have a two-lane road. And in, in Peru, 
there are no speed uh, minimums, okay? Thank God there are minimums here. So you can't go below 45 and be on the interstate. Well, there are no minimums. And so you may have a sugarcane truck coming up the steep slope going maybe 15 miles an hour. And behind him is, is another truck that's going maybe 45 miles an hour that wants to five the 15 mile an hour pick of truck. So we're coming down here and we see that truck coming to pass the sugarcane truck, but then all of a sudden behind that truck is a speedy little car that's going 60 miles an hour and he wants to pass both of them and he's on our, our shoulder passing those two cars. And we're coming down and there's no room, there's no space, there's no place for us to go. So all we have to do is just put on a brake and hope that they get by each other before they meet us. And obviously nobody wants to die. And nobody generally does die. But it becomes scary sometimes. And uh, there's been accidents on the road. My daughter was in a bus accident. Candy's, David and Candy's daughter had it worse in that bus accident. And our daughter Sarah for years had fear on the road because of these situations. So we need to pray for safety on the road for these missionaries. I could tell you a story about here in America when I wasn't used to the winter situation and wasn't used to my fog, window, windshield fogging over just because I was just out of it for too many years and almost got myself killed in that one. Let's go to another passage, Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Somebody else could read this one. Okay, so we need to pray for the salvation of people. I forgot who's praying for us this, at this. Who's the third person praying? It was Pastor Norm. Great. So we pray for the safety and travels. We pray for the salvation of the lost. And we're not praying here for superficial evangelism. I'm way past counting salvation decisions. And I see that way too often in certain ministries. They'll just produce for you hundreds of people saved, dozens of people saved, and, and whatnot. And, okay, we're thankful that the gospel went out, that there was a certain level of response, but what God wants is a conversion. He wants a decision that's going to produce fruit. And so, instead of counting salvation decisions, what you need to be counting is maybe baptisms or church memberships even. That is when you know God's work has come to full fruition. When a person is saved, baptized, joins the church, and begins serving in the, in the church. And that's the type of decisions that we are looking for. So let's pray that God would give genuine decisions. Uh, number three, Romans chapter 15, verse 30 through 32. Romans 15, 30 through 32. Could another person read this passage? In this case, we want to pray for deliverance from persecutors or from de for deliverance from opposition. 
Now in Peru, we have not experienced, in my years as a missionary, much opposition. Prior to my um, arriving as a missionary, maybe growing up, there probably was a, a higher level of opposition in some places in Peru. That is no longer the case. But sometimes we've had indirect opposition, and I'll just tell you the story of recently when one of the presidents, as he was leaving office, signed a bill in place that said, for missionaries to come into the country, they needed to belong to an organization that had 10,000 uh, members in its denomination. Well, that's really easy if you're thinking like a Roman Catholic. You know, they have millions of people in Peru. So they're probably thinking, well, 10,000 is not too bad at all. Well, the reality is a lot of us independent Baptist churches don't have a central denomination, do we? And not one of our churches have 10,000 people in it. And so that's really difficult. And all of a sudden the door inadvertently is going to be slammed in our face because we can't complete with this, uh, fulfill this requirement in the law. So it caused us all to just pray to God and wait on Him and talk with the representatives in the Justice Department. And as we prayed, and multiple mission boards are praying, and as we wrote to the authorities, little by little, God began to work. And a few, few months later, that law was basically just dropped uh, annulled and we were able to stay in Peru but things like that happen and that's in Peru and you know of other countries where situations are much worse they actively they face active persecution that is designed to imprison or even kill believers and so we need to pray for them as well so Pastor Hogue if you could pray for safety and then salvation of the lost and also deliverance from persecutors Oh. 
Amen. Thank you. Our final person to pray tonight. Who could help us tonight? Yes, that'd be Ron. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Who would like to read this passage? Philippians 1, 9 through 12. So we need to pray for the spiritual life of missionaries, and as you read through verses 9, 10, and 11, you'll, feel, you'll see different aspects of the missionaries or of a spiritual life for which we need to pray. And as I mentioned before, missionaries just aren't perfect, and we have sometimes moments when we fail. Um, traffic can frustrate us, and there have been times when, frankly, I've 
after a driver did something to me that just wasn't right at all. I, I pulled in front of him and managed to, you know, stop in front of him and he couldn't go because I stopped too close to his bumper and I got out of my car and I went back and told him, that's not the way you drive and this is how you're supposed to drive. And uh, of course my wife is in the passenger seat just, what's my husband doing? And uh, five minutes later, the Holy Spirit says to me, uh, John, do you think you can witness to that man now? Yeah, I blew it, okay? So, yeah, and so sometimes I fail in, in ways like that. And so missionaries have their problems too, their personal situation. Maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's conflicts, maybe it's discouragement, etc. So we need to pray for the spiritual life of the missionaries. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Colossians chapter 4, 2 through 4. Another person could read this. Yes, ma'am. So this second request is for open doors for the gospel. We began working in our church in a lower class community. In this lower class community, after four o'clock, everybody was out on the street. The ladies had done their housework, their cooking, their cleaning, their siesta, and now it's time to be out on the street. And the kids were out as well, playing tops and marbles and soccer. And you could just find people all over to talk to about the gospel. We moved our church four blocks into a middle class area. That's where we found property, a larger piece of property. This area is surrounded by homes that have intercoms on their doors and people stay inside. And when you go out knocking on doors or seeking people, you're often met with this intercom and they'll say, what do you want? Well, I wanted to share an invitation or a track with you. And so they'll say, just slip it under the door, please. And that's it. And you don't meet people. And so we've had to try to be a little more creative with reaching the middle class area, which surrounds our church now. So we need to pray for open doors. So we need to pray for the spiritual life, we need to pray for open doors, and then thirdly, we go to James chapter 5, verses 4 through 14 through 16. James 5, 14 through 16. Could somebody else read that passage for us? Yes, Andrew. So we need to pray for the health of missionaries. Now this chronologically comes last, or in the Bible order, this comes last. But I think it's, it's not too bad to leave it last anyway in that order because uh, oftentimes when we come to prayer requests, top of the list and most of the list is just health, isn't it? And that's a disbalance. We need to be praying for all these other things that we've seen in scripture regarding one another, regarding missionaries. But we do need to pray for the health of missionaries. So we are in this body, and this is the tool which God allows us to use for his honor and glory. And we need to protect this, this, this tool. 
Sometimes we're just not wise administrators of this body, and I'll be the first to raise my hand. I went to the doctor one time a few years ago with some intestinal problems that just weren't leaving me, so I figured I had some type of, you know, some parasite, amoeba, or whatnot. So the doctor probes around in my stomach a little bit, and he says, uh, do you have a lot of stress in your life? I said, me? Oh, no. <laughs> and he probes some more, and he says, I, I really think it's stress, but I I'm going to give you anti-parasite medicine. It was really humbling. And it was hard for me to even want to admit that I was a pastor right there at that moment when he's saying that you probably just have too much stress in your life because, you know, pastors are supposed to be these perfect people. So I went home very humble, and I took my medicine, and it helped a little bit. But I began to realize that, yes, indeed, I was just allowing too much stress in my life, and it was actually affecting my stomach. So a little situation like that, you know, we need to pray that the missionary would be wise. So I went out to play soccer, and I decided to become a weekend athlete. Here I am, um, 45 years old, and I'm picking up soccer at that age, thinking I could do it like when I was a young kid, and I just have this tendency in myself to overextend myself in various ways, and so I overextended myself and hurt a knee. Well, I rested two months, went right back, and the first game I overextended and hurt the other knee, and it happened to need a surgery, and that has since then um, in a sense, discapacitated me, so I can't do any more running. Um, I have a bum knee now, in a sense, a bum knee, but God will use that for his glory too. And so missionaries just need to be wise about how they use their bodies. So we're going to pray for the spiritual life, we're going to pray for open doors, and we're going to pray for the health of the missionaries. Mm -hmm. 
A couple more that you can just write down. I don't have a Bible passage uh, that indicates prayer for these two items, but pray for the missionary's family, for the spouses, for the parents, for the children. You know, the um, pastoral qualifications focus more on the spiritual life of the person, and then secondly, it focuses on his family, and so the parents need to be guiding their family in the Lord, and that can be a challenge sometimes. And then also, secondly, you can pray for their ministries, whatever ministry they have, you know their ministry, what it is, and whether it be church planting or college or camp or hospital or literature, orphanage, translation, uh, you can just pray for those ministries. And I don't have a direct Bible passage for that, but we know that uh, their prayers, your prayers would be appreciated for that as well. So thank you so much for praying for the missionaries tonight. Uh, may God honor those and answer according to his will. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, John and Julie, for your ministry to us today and your faithfulness in the ministry that God has called you to. We just spent some time in prayer. I want to encourage you this evening as we close uh, with an answer to prayer this week. Um, this week, early in the week, uh, Dan called me with, uh, uh, Dan Prawl called me with an issue that had come up. Uh, our nursing home ministry that the Lord had blessed, an issue had come up on their side uh, with a policy change with the possibility to limit our ability to go in and to continue that ministry. And that's a ministry that the Lord has really blessed, that many people have poured into. And um, so, he called me. It was very frustrating news. Uh, and yet, he mentioned on the phone, yet God is in control. He knows what he's doing. So we spent the week in prayer. I mentioned it Wednesday very vaguely, just keep praying for that ministry. Um, this morning... Uh, the team that went over there gathered in the office to pray before they went, and then they went out the door. And as they headed over there, they had no idea if they were going to be allowed in or not. And yet they got there, and they went right on like normal, and they had their lessons and preached the gospel. And so we praise the Lord for that, a very tangible answer to prayer this week, something that seemed like a door was closed, and yet God opened it. And so we rejoice in that. Prayer works. God listens. He's still working. I'd encourage you, if you'd like, to go back, get a picture. Adam will be back there running that. If you have not yet done that, uh, do that again this evening. Tuesday, seniors, be sure to be here ready to go at 8 o'clock as you head out on your activity. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to have our missionaries with us to hear from them, to hear their burdens, their needs, their joys. Thank you for the ministry of the Stillwells to us today. May we be challenged, may we be encouraged to 
um, pray more often, more boldly, um, even more specifically now. May we remember them in our prayers. And we pray that you'd be honored in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen.